yo, yo. How we doing, people? What's going on? Happy Friday. Um, welcome back to A Thompson and other disappointments, guys. Um, it is Friday. It's half past seven. It's time for me to walk you through these fields of fascism, fun, floods, frolics, and Friday tomfoolery. Uh, alliteration be damned. Grab yourself a wine and cheese or a pint of wine, um, as modern tastes dictate. Uh, or if you're like me, grab yourself a big fat glass of industrial strength craft ale. That's uh, that's what I'm rolling with tonight. I mean, it says it's craft ale. <laughs> it says craft ale on it. But I swear to God, my breath could start cars after one of these. <laughs> like rocket fuel and i haven't had any dinner really tonight so let's let's see what happens uh let's do this dance um and join me once more this evening tonight as i try to exploit that blitz spirit that gallows humor into you all thinking that this is a fun time um now before we get started uh big off for the cap to the patreons this evening i'm seeing a couple of them in the live chat already what's up to mojo sabian also big shouts to the youtube community members um youtube have a sort of community thing like patreon and i'm sort of starting that up as well and uh, i'll talk a bit more about those and what you get in return for like signing up for those uh towards the end of the uh of the show um i mean basically it's a cult that's that's what it is it is it is a cult it's like like if you're sort of new here if you just happened to cross me on twitter uh or, or whatever um basically the angle of the show the angle of the patreon and, and all of that stuff is this right everything is awful okay climate change is gonna kill all of the crops it's going to flood out millions. Nuclear war is probably not that far off. And if neither of those ruin your retirement plans, then robots are going to wipe the floor with the labour market, people. And, and if that doesn't happen, the second that we run out of oil, we are all done <laughs> as a civilization. When, when the oil runs out and the gas runs out, even your neighbour, guys, you know the lovely guy that you see in the morning? You say good morning to him when you're both taking your bins out. Even he will break into your house and smash your head against the breakfast bar for your last packet of super noodles. Things are not looking good for the formerly Great Britain or indeed Western liberal democracy or the world. And so as we descend effortlessly closer and closer, deeper and darker, into this uh, inevitable abyss. It's going to be important to roam in packs <laughs> to stay safe, isn't it? And so in that spirit, I've started a cult. Guys, firstly on Patreon and then, you know, more recently on YouTube, on air. Um, because YouTube started doing this, you know, the own, their own version of Patreon. Maybe they were losing too much money to Patreon. People were putting stuff exclusively on Patreon. I don't know. Um, but I think like for a lot of people, just while we're on the subject, for a lot of people, I think, you know, people get scared about putting their bank details, their card details into something that they haven't done it before. But they probably have used Google in some capacity and Google is YouTube. So, you know, so I thought I'll just open the YouTube one as well. Um, right. Where was I? Oh, yeah. So I'm starting a cult for the strength in numbers thing. 
so that when it all collapses, when, <laughs> then we could all just, we'll just run off somewhere and build a fort together, you know? And yet inside it, I will probably give sermons. Like, I, I don't think it's possible to do a podcast for three years, right? And to build it from nothing and sort of enjoy honing it and getting to know your audience. And and then post-apocalyptic, like, then you've got a cult. But am I I'm supposed to just stop ranting then? Am I, like, stop presenting when the actual thing has happened? Just knock it on the head? No, of course not. Can't do that. So yeah, I'm I'm sorry to tell you, dear listeners, that if civilization does collapse, or when, and then the Patreon and the YouTube community stuff does become a travelling nomadic tribe of like-minded individuals, rather than stopping me from ranting at that point, I'm going to feel insufferably validated at that moment. Guys, I'm going to feel emboldened. Like, I was right. I was right the whole time. I'll be celebrated as a prophet. Do you reckon? Like, the cult thing started as a joke, and then I'll actually end up becoming Jesus in a weird way. So, yeah. The last thing I'm going to do at that stage is shut up, I'd imagine. Um... Although, I mean, it would be pretty funny, wouldn't it? It would be fairly funny to just, like, hang up the mic at that point, you know? Like, I've peaked. <laughs> like, that's it, you know? Have a tribe of people all follow me because I said everything was going to get really bad. And then they're like, hey, yeah, look, we're, we're the tribe. We're the followers. You were right about everything, Aid. Society did collapse. The oil did run out. There really wasn't any hope the whole time. So, so now that it's happened, now that we're all here and we've survived, what is next, dear leader? Where do we go from here? Please deliver us a sermon, Grand Wizard Thompson. Like, I'd quite like it if I was like, then at that point, I was like, no, no, it's all right. Like, I've, I've, I've said my piece, you know, can, it, can I just like get a beer now? <laughs> you know, like it'll, it'll end up being my version of wine at mass sort of thing, you know, except it would just be like me knocking back moonshine, celebrating how right I was. Um, I do like that idea, though, you know, like, you know, preaching on my podcast that everything's going to be awful. But it's like sort of pre-bragging, you know, <laughs> but then once it does all collapse i'll be like yeah see i told you and everyone's gonna be like well okay prophet thompson you know what now and i'll be like what do you mean what now no now nothing it's over we're done <laughs> just the least inspiring cult leader ever like there's no great enlightenment at the end of the road there's no aliens that are going to rescue your thetan from your alien vessel and all of that stuff it's just this is just it you know <laughs> Anyway, happy new year, guys, and new listeners. Um, maybe I need to work on that proposition a little bit for the cult, you know, have some afterlife element to it. Like, a, no, no, it's fine. No, we're not doomed. Really, there's still hope. Of course there's hope. You know, keep the worshippers coming back, putting their money in the tray. 
There's still hope, guys. Of course there is. It could still be great. Just put your gold pieces in the tray and and then come back next week and, and bring your wives and daughters to me once a week so that I might lay with them as God intended. <laughs> no, that's not um, that's not the game plan, eh? What, what are you doing? Don't, don't ruin it. Anyway, so what's going on? Um, what's going on? Big shouts to, uh, yeah, to Mojo Sabian, uh, Jan Wallace, Richard Marsden. Encore une fois is one of the first YouTube uh, community members. Um, Encore une fois is in, in the chat. If you are a member of the YouTube community, do get in touch with me, either on Twitter or Instagram. DM me, because then I can send you the link to the Discord chat, the instant messaging stuff. And we'll get onto that towards the end. Um... What was I talking about? Cult leaders. Cults. Starting my own sex cult. Which basically, I think where we got... Now, there's going to be people listening to this for the first time who found me because I, I wrote a thread about how messed up British politics and media is, or I wrote another thread about this, or I did like a YouTube video that was fairly sort of, you know, not too satirical, a little bit serious about the upcoming general election. And then they're going to be like, oh, maybe I'll tune in and see, see what he's talking about. They're going to be like, what on earth is this nonsense? I thought this was a political show. This guy's on about running a sex cult after the apocalypse. This is, this is not rest is politics. And no, no, I'm not. You know, I'm not starting some weird sex cult after the apocalypse. That is not serious, you know. Um, uh, I'm starting it pre the apocalypse, guys, on Patreon and YouTube. You heard me before, right? If I started it after the apocalypse, no one would have an internet connection, would they? It would just be, it'd just be me fighting off cannibals and in between that, begging people to listen to me. That's not going to... Wow, this has started weird tonight, hasn't it? Um, should we try and talk about the news? Let's try and drag this kicking and screaming back into the realm of current affairs. Let's uh, let's do this. So, what's been in the news this week, guys? Um, Rishi Sunak has suggested there's going to be a general election in the second half of this year. Uh, initially, I was saying I thought they would drag it out until January 2025. But more recently, I've been thinking, actually, it makes perfect sense that they would do it in May, you know. And so then when he said I would like he said it would definitely be this year. That was about a few days ago. And then he said I would expect it to be second half of this. And as soon as he said that, I was like, it's going to be in May. It's going to be like he's trying to throw everyone off a little bit. And then they're going to do the spring budget. And there'll be reasons to be cheerful-ish in the spring budget. They're going to stack the deck. They're going to say, here's an extra 10p back on your national insurance. Or here's, like, aren't we so good? Because we've now turned a corner. And it's all going to be rubbish, smoke and rip mirrors, obfuscation. But that will be enough to get the Express, the Mail, the Telegraph and everyone on side. Be a good news story that will arm them. So they can then go out to market and say, vote for us. That makes perfect sense to me. Infinitely more sen sense to me than having a sort of weird November election with low turnout when the weather's getting colder and your key demographic are in their 70s suffering from arthritis. That, that doesn't make sense, you know? Um... But yeah, also in this uh, this week's news, 
I mean, really, it's been dominated by the Epstein stuff, right? Which I suppose actually is sort of on point here with the introduction there. You know, speaking of starting weird sex cults, you know, like loads of stuff this week has, has come out about uh, Jeffrey Epstein um, and his his supporting cast. You know, people like Stephen Hawking, Michael Jackson, Prince Andrew. Uh, all of them had flown with this guy on his jet to uh, to wherever. And uh, I think with the details that have been revealed thus far, it's, you know, it's in the category of possibly innocent, but possibly criminal. But the big piece of this puzzle, the big uh, story within the story this week, I suppose, has been the revelation that Bill Clinton, formerly thought of as one of the nicest guys in politics, you know, I'm not even taking the mick, you know, he's, he's been described by many, many people as having had an energy to him, you know, just having a positivity to him. Just this loved southern state guy, charisma off the charts, you know, just an all round nice guy. I mean, apart from the Lewinsky thing. I mean, that, that was that was an unfortunate uh, blip. But, but, but before that, and even to some, you know, after it, a lot of people celebrate him as a, a really great president, even though, in spite of all that awfulness, he was a fairly loved individual. And so the revelation was, over the last couple of days... Uh, that William Jefferson Clinton flew a bunch of times on Jeffrey Epstein's Lolita Express plane. Um, and this is the same plane. You know, I'm not being crude or, or I mean, I am probably at some point in the show. I'm, I'm sure of that. But in terms of like uh, branding this plane, the Lolita Express, this is what people called it. Like... This is the same plane that Virginia Dufresne, one of his like key accusers, Virginia Dufresne claims, I think it was her that claimed this, um, or one of the victims claimed, uh, that they were forced on his plane to have sex with Alan Dershowitz or something. Like, there's definitely some sort of ickiness around that. And so anyway, look, now we know that Bill Clinton was on this plane too. Many many times. And that doesn't necessarily mean anything bad happening. You know, may maybe he wasn't sat eye to eye, maintaining eye contact while this ugly twant lawyer is getting blown by a child. You know, maybe, or maybe he was, you know, like maybe he was there maintaining the eye, eye to eye contact. Well, like, honestly, we don't know. We don't know what's happened. If that even happened with Alan Dershowitz, who knows? It's just an allegation. It was never proven. Can't stress that enough, guys. But that's what I'm saying is we don't know if Bill Clinton was sat there watching that happen on first class seats or not we don't know which one of those eventualities took place hasn't been ruled out or confirmed either way guys and yes i suppose as a responsible broadcaster uh you know just in case you hadn't learned the words 
to this song yet over all the coverage last couple of days sing along with me they all deny the accusations etc etc now i don't think anyone's yet said that they were forced to bone bill clinton i don't think i haven't read that coming out you know in this context i don't think anyone said in this context in this story that they've been forced to have sex with uh with bill clinton i mean you could go and have a google of his earlier work if you want i would advise against it but that's it's out there um but in this context in this story there is testimony however from one of the survivors who said that she saw him on the island and also that Epstein had said to her privately, Bill likes them young. Which, if that's true, that sort of suggests that Clinton had done something with Epstein, you know, that would lead him to form that opinion and then share it with one of his other trusted teenage masseuses, right? So, so there's that. There's absolute possibility that there is something icky under all of this then there's this other stuff that's come out about him about how he allegedly threatened vanity fair the very prominent uh, american magazine because they apparently allegedly all of the usual disclaimers <laughs> Because they were about to publish a story about Jeffrey Epstein. And the allegation is such that Bill Clinton marched into Vanity Fair and threatened them and threatened them until they relented and pulled the story. That's another allegation that's just bubbled up overnight. And that looks bad. That doesn't look good for William Jefferson Clinton because, because it's like... Like, you know, what is this ex-president doing? You know, an ex-president threatening a publication in a free press country, guys, against publishing stories about this guy that he says he didn't even really know that well. You know? <laughs> like, so here's here's my question for the pragmatic minds out there, the Binfluencers, the Boogsters, the Patreons. And so on. Here's my question for anyone that wants to answer it, really. Would you go into battle on behalf of someone facing allegations of being a nonsperger, <laughs> like those sorts of allegations? Would you go into battle on their behalf against a publication like Vanity Fair if you were their ex-president and you didn't even really know this guy that well? Really? Would you? Who's going into bat for you, you know, if you're accused of kidnapping children to get them to jerk off Alan Dershowitz? Who's going to stand up for you? Your closest friend, really? Are they? I mean, is that just how nice Bill is? Is that, <laughs> is that what it is? He's just that much of a nice guy. But he storms into Vanity Fair and he's just like, yeah, I, I was just passing by. I was just passing by and I overheard you talking about Jeffrey. And I've, I've met him sparingly on a few occasions, purely to do with philanthropy. 
purely to do with good causes. So I have no idea about his predilections and persuasions, but I'm willing to throw my integrity as an ex-president on the bonfire for this man with whom I only have a passing philanthropic affiliation. Like, that's how nice Bill is, guys. What a guy. And you know who this makes me feel sorry for? I mean, there's a lot of people to feel bad for, you know, in this story, uh, this tale, clearly. But you know who I feel the most sorry for, guys? Ian Huntley. <laughs> Ian never had a bill, guys, to selflessly storm into the offices of what, like, ITN. And before they hand over the interview of Huntley on his front lawn, acting creepy and, you know, looking nervous and all that. And they, they go and tell the police that he's a bit dodgy or he's acting a bit shady. Just a total absence of a selfless bill right there to defend your interests. Poor Ian. In fact, you know what? That's how you know that Bill Clinton really is a nice guy, right? Is because he's there to defend, right? He's there defending Jeffrey. Bill Clinton, when he was a lawyer, he was a prosecuting attorney. Not defence. He's a prosecutor by trade. And he still goes in on the defence for you, Jeffrey, who's accused of horrible things and with whom he only has a passing affiliation for, with. What a guy. What a decent, good guy Bill is. So, so yeah, that was, that was a big one this week. Um... We should all pray to have a friend as good as Bill. Or not even a friend, just a passing affiliation who is as good as us to us as Bill was to Jeffrey Epstein. Um, anyway, let's get on to the reason that we're all here, guys. That's right. It's time. Ding, 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 ding. This new sort of fandangled award that keeps getting dished out week in, week out now. Um... It's become something of a staple of the show. It sort of started out as a jokey reference, like a thing to label people when I felt like they were exhibiting and performing their own cretiny, right? It started on a TikTok maybe a couple of years ago. And anyway, now it's become this weekly award that I'm dishing out to people who I deem worthy of it. Um, last week was Johnny Mercer, and uh, he absolutely earned it. Um, this week... It's, you know, it's obviously somebody else. Somebody else will receive this award. Um, maybe, maybe I'll tweet it to him. Should I tweet it to this week's... Wait, let me know in the chat. Do you want me to tweet the award to the person I'm about to reveal who it is for? Um, but first, a little bit of context. Why is this person winning the Tap Dancing Tosser Award? <laughs> Who is worthy of this week's Tap Dancing Tosser Award, guys? Well, okay, here we go. This individual went on to GB News and he said, Carol Vorderman was a serious political commentator. But then she goes and shows her bum and her boobs on Instagram and you can't do both, apparently. So this blew up into this frenzy on Twitter. And, uh, and lots of people, uh, quite rightly, called this individual out for it. Uh, because it's like, you know, I be, like I get the crux 
of what he's saying. You know, let's let's not play dumb. You know, he's saying that if you want to be taken seriously as a political commentator, you shouldn't be getting your bum and your boobs out all over Instagram. Now, we've all heard that sort of angle before. We've all heard that sort of stuff said throughout society before, right? But it's basically like, like, it's something you could imagine your dad saying, isn't it? It's like, you can imagine your dad maybe back in the 80s or 90s going like, I'm not being funny, Shelley, love, but, you know, if you want to be taken seriously in the workplace, darling, maybe something a bit less revealing, yeah? You know, which... If they said that now, if a father said that now to his daughter, honestly, I think the only sane reply would be like, Dad, if you don't want to be pigeonholed as an out-of-touch misogynist, maybe say something a little less revealing, yeah? Time and a place for it. And unfortunately for this week's recipient of the Tap Dancing Tosser Award, that time was 1976 and the place was probably the British Legion. I mean, even if you can't, like, take somebody seriously if they present themselves a certain way, you know, which, look, I, I am guilty of that. I'm going to hold my hands up. I, I can be guilty of doing that, you know, although it is exclusively in regards to Jacob Rees-Mogg, you know, like I do. I will judge that book by its cover. I'm sorry. I freely admit that. But I honestly feel like if you dress yourself up as a 19th century waxwork of like a lord or a lady, you know, back in the 19th century, like I, I think I do get to mock you with acerbic disdain in exactly the same way as the poor would to an aristocrat in the 19th century. Right. Like you made your bed, you lie in it. Unless you're already lying down in the commons benches, you know, but anyway, I digress. Um, but yeah, my point is. Sometimes we do all judge people by how they present themselves. But it's only OK to voice that and make somebody feel bad about it if you're punching up. That's the key thing. It's comedy 101. It's pop culture basics. Like, I can say that stuff about Mog because he's a multimillionaire who styles himself as my superior. A, a, a pauper can say things about a baron <laughs> because the pauper's the underdog, you know, mocking the baron. So the pauper would be punching up. Do you understand? It's got to be the underdog that does it. It doesn't really work if you're the male baron <laughs> punching down on the female television presenter, non-baroness, right? The dynamic just doesn't work. The man punching down on the woman. The Tory punching down on the empathetic one. The Lord punching down on the regular person. It doesn't... Do you understand? It doesn't work like that. But then, you know... I don't know. Like may maybe this is a tacit admission by this individual in question that he sees... Carol Vorderman as his superior, you know? <laughs> Maybe he's revealing himself a little bit too much. Hopefully not on Instagram or he'd never be taken seriously. 
So in a way, you could, maybe it's a compliment to Carol Vorderman. Or, you know, maybe he just doesn't understand the classless classism and sexism of what's coming out of his mouth. And he feels, you know, or he needs the punching down element explaining to him. I don't know. Like, Sean, listen. Right. I'll just name him now. Sean Bailey. Baron Bailey. If you're listening, mate, you need to find something to punch up against. You know? Something we would all, across all walks of life, left and right, men and women, that we would all see as superior to you. And then you can punch up. You know? Something that's superior to Sean Bailey. Just really rack your brain. Something like a an inbred Neanderthal with learning difficulties. Something, you know, superior to you, Sean. Like, if you saw Sean Bailey punching up against that, wouldn't you go, go on, Sean? Yeah! You show him. <laughs> like he's like he's PT in American Pie 2. Have <laughs> you seen that scene like, you know, where he like he comes out with a trombone and all of the people in the auditorium think that he's a bit not there. Like I'm trying to think of a way to describe this scene that's not problematic. But I'm I'm struggling, guys. You know, but honestly, like forget left and right. Forget, you know, Tory and Labour, forget all, all of the division. If you saw Sean Bailey punching up against a Neanderthal inbred with learning difficulties. I don't care like, what the division is. We'd all form a little crowd and we'd all cheer him on. We would. We'd be like exactly like that scene in the movie. Well, come on, give the guy a hand. Give the guy a little bit of encouragement. Pan across to Sean, struggling to play the trombone. You know. So, yes, Sean Bailey, Baron Bailey, recipient of the award for this week, because he goes on TV and he says that about Vorderman. He says he can't be both. Referencing Carol Vorderman's Instagram, which I checked, by the way. And you know what? No bum, no boobs on there. <laughs> so thanks a lot, Sean. I mean, as well as owning the entire, uh, owing, sorry, the entire country an apology for partying through lockdown, now you also owe me some boob and bum picks. Smart move. And I will come collecting. Either in the House of Lords now, apparently, or, you know, post-apocalyptically. I'll make it a condition of joining my tribe. Have him rock up to me in a desert somewhere like, ah, I'm, I'm Baron Bailey. I'd like to roam the fields of the formerly Great Britain with you, Aid. I've heard you're a prophet. Please, may I join you all? And I'll be like, um, Eli. Eli, yeah, can you go and fetch the one last working Polaroid camera, please? Thank you. Yeah, cheers, hit. You know. And then I, he comes back, gives me the Polaroid camera. I'll be like, you know, get it working and put the new film thing in. And I'll just be like, Baron Bailey, your name is? Yeah, okay. I'm going to need you to disrobe and make good on the boob and bum debt, okay? Post haste. Just smush your chest together. Now dance for me. Dance for me with your boob and bum. Anyway, this has got weird. Uh, like I was saying on Twitter yesterday, man, like, like Baron Bailey's uh, way of communicating this 
I mean, it's insulting, it's misogynistic, it's sexist, it's all of the things that people are saying that it is. But it's also, more interestingly, a psychological giveaway, I think. That he thinks you can't be both. You know? That you can't have pictures of you in a bikini or gym shorts or a cleavage on show and have political opinions. You know, you can't you can't have both of those things. It's like crossing the streams. It's like dissonance in the eardrum. It's just, you know, you can't. No, it doesn't work. Like if you if you have both of them, no, no, it doesn't doesn't happen. Like, well, you see these boob and bum pics, right? And you think you just, you know, she can't be both. You can't do both. That's that is his mind. He's speaking his mind. And in his mind, he's like, yeah, you can't like these two things are like, you know, reverse polarity. They, they cancel each other out. Like, in his mind, it's like, wait, wait, hang on, hang on. She she had a devastating point there for a minute. It, it was backed up with, like, names and dates and documents. And, yeah, that, that's right, Sean. Uh, it's all getting incredibly serious. Oh, well, oh, my God. Well, I, I guess it's all over. You know, I, I'll probably have to find another job. Oh, well, well, no, hang on a second. Wait, wait. You, you said it was serious, but but look at this. Oh, by golly. Thank, thank Christ, Sean. Yeah, look. She's put a picture of herself in her gym shorts now. That, uh, that's right, Sean. Oh, and, and because of that, all of her thoughts and feelings and evidence are moot on that, that, um, that Machiavellian technicality that you can't do both. You, you're a genius, Sean. Oh, yeah, no, I, I, I know. I mean, don't, don't thank me. Thank the journo-political era that we're living in. Oh, oh absolutely. I mean, it, it really is just incredibly helpful that everyone throughout the Telegraph, Express, the Mail, the Sun, all across Twitter and all of the right-wing pundits, it's incredibly lucky that all of them look the other way when, I don't know, Tory MPs get second jobs funneling in hundreds of thousands of pounds every month while holding down their job as an MP. But you can't do both if you're Carol Vorderman on Instagram. It really is. It's invaluable. That nobody says anything when we claim to represent constituents, but operate exclusively in the interest of donors. But you only can't do both if you're Carol fucking Vorderman. It really is. It is outrageous, in fact, when you come to think of it, that you can work for GB News as a presenter in view interviewing other cabinet ministers using a news channel as your propaganda outlet, getting paid a hundred grand a year on top of your MP's salary. But you only can't do both if you're Carol fucking Vorderman. Like, that is his brain. <laughs> no self-awareness. Base-level comebacks. As classless as he is classist. Like, I was saying on Twitter, man, like yesterday... Like, it would blow this guy's mind, I reckon, to hear a beer-swilling, drug-taking guy like me <laughs> could literally be swinging my dick around on an Instagram Live and th that I could still nail a salient point and sink him. You know? <laughs> He'd blow his mind. He'd be like, well, uh, I, don't, I don't understand. Like, that, that, that's against the rules. No, 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 it's weird, Sean. It's weird, it's weird. I checked, and apparently it is okay for you to criticise the government and have other three-dimensional layers to your personality. I've checked it. 
Like, like he's getting pissed on his podcast and joking about making you strip down after the apocalypse to, you know, push your chest together and make some boobs and dance for him. And so actually that has no bearing on the logical facts that reside within he, his or Vorderman's scrutiny. It's wild, Sean. It'll blow your mind. I mean, imagine if that was true, though. Imagine if it was true, what he believes. Like, stick with me for a moment, dear listeners. Imagine if a picture of my backside, right? <laughs> Imagine that. <laughs> Imagine if a picture of my backside in a thong, in all its unwaxed glory, out there on Instagram, Imagine if me snapping that and uploading it did magically, like wizardrily, make all the Tory corruption go away. You know, I mean, that would be that would be something, wouldn't it? If my backside had that power. I think I, I don't even think it would be something that Baron Bailey would be celebrating necessarily, because like at the drop of a hat or the post of a Vorderman tweet, outlining the latest Tory corruption scandal, right? The second I hear about it, I'd be selfieing my ass in a disabled bog. I'd, like, I would try to make that shit right in an instant. Like, people would be like, hey, did you hear that um, they've opened a rack replacement VIP fast lane and all of the Tory donors are going to supply unusable rack to the schools that already collapsed? I would get my phone out in the bog. <laughs> Like I'm Superman in a phone booth. I'd be like the world's worst superhero, you know? And my only superpower is I can get my phone out, take a picture of my ass, upload it to Instagram, and all the corruption goes away. <laughs> so yes, anyway, no prizes for guessing. And no doubt, always a blessing to bestow this, uh, this award. Take a bow, Sean Bailey. You are this week's tap dancing tosser. You charmless toilet. Um, and look, I know that sounds harsh. I know that sounds, you know, I might have got a bit, a little bit too hard on him, guys. But um, but it's important to remember that, look, I, I put a photo of a man's ass in a thong on my Instagram earlier. Uh, so I don't think that any of this can be taken seriously, right? I mean, that's that's the rule, isn't it, Sean? That's the rule. And also, do you know what? Just as uh, I've said that, you know, just as I've called him a toilet, that is okay. Because even though it sounds harsh, even though it sounds like I'm, you know, accusing him of stuff and chastising him and castigating him and stuff, it's okay because Bill Clinton has just stormed in to defend him because Bill's a nice guy, guys. Um, guys, that's it from me. Uh, this has been fun. Um, what's going on in the live chat? I'll just uh, I'll just do a quick Q&A if anyone's got any questions that they want to throw into the live chat. Otherwise, we'll wrap up. Um, I will just say this, that um, this is the end of this show. However, I will be in the Discord chat after this to talk with my Patreon backers and the YouTube community members. Um, so if you're enjoying the Punk Politics videos and the alternative paper reviews and this podcast, um, do consider signing up. You get named and shamed at the end of episodes, or credited, I believe is the industry term. Um, you get invited to London-based meetups. Actually, I need to put that next one in the diary. I think that'll be in... Oh, excuse me. That'll be in March. 
Uh, you get first dibs on the live shows. Uh, we did a couple in London last year, one at 21 Soho, one at St. Catherine Docks. We did another one at Glastonbury. Uh, you get episodes of the podcast two days before everybody else. It's when I put them on Patreon and I released them just to members uh, on YouTube. And of course, you get access to the Discord chat also, which, as I mentioned, I'll be... Uh, I'll be in here. Um, Blue Badger in the live chat says, is it Labour Social tonight? And are you coming? Uh, yes, it is Labour Social. I'm going to try and get on there. I need to speak to Graham just beforehand because I always feel a bit like, like, have I, have, I don't know if I've spoken about this before on my, on my show, but um, I always feel a bit like I derailed, <laughs> derailed the conversation a little bit. Like they'll be talking about a sensible thing about proportional representation, press regulation, this, that and the other. And then I'll sort of crack a joke about, you know, taking drugs or, you know, I'll, I'll make a joke that Graham has a dodgy tattoo on his head, like underneath his thick, you know, and I feel like I don't I love it. I enjoy it. And uh, I love Graham. Um, but also I respect him and them enough that I, I don't want to continue to, you know, cause them problems or uh, or anything like that. So I'll, I'll have a chat with him. I, I reckon 80 20. I will go on it. Um uh blue badger says you do but it's good fun that's good well that's that's all i need i mean i'm here for the jokes that's the, that's the defining line i think is like some of the left-leaning comments and content creators i think like i respect what they do and i think it's really good that they do it and it suits them uh, but i personally feel like i'm at my best when i'm just ripping and roasting and like getting that weird stuff out you know i feel like the joke always has to come first and then occasionally i'll make a good point about something that's i'm happy to do that but for me i'm let's let, i'll put it like this i am more heavily influenced by doug stanhope louis ck bill hicks than i am by any political commentator <laughs> so yeah take that how, however you like it um rachel says graham loves you aid that's nice yeah i love graham too he's a great guy um and uh, and obviously you know when tan's on that's great and i've got sort of got to know a couple of the guys that are on there um each week right i better just get uh, get the names up i want to say a, a, a big thank you to uh, my patreon backers um so let's quickly do that now do, 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 do. So here we go. Big shouts to Rachel Harris, who's just been in the chat. Uh, Bowman, Kai, Chris D, David Voice, Martin Maracas, Mojo Sabian, also in the chat tonight. Peter Del Monte, uh, who is usually in the chat, but he's obviously got um, got plans uh, this week. Wonder what Peter's up to. Peter, if you're listening, drop us a note on Patreon um, or indeed like leave a comment on YouTube or something. Let us know what you were doing. Um, uh, Pingu, Stuart. Uh, T-Rex, Aaron, Alex, Jeff McGow, MJ Nichols, Ned Berg, Sarah Setters, Simon Flack, Ailsa, Malcolm, Paul Mason, Roger Williams, Kerry Dodd. That's all of the Patreons. And then I suppose I should go to... How do I get to my YouTube community members? Sorry, it's very unprofessional. Um, oh, Peter Del Monte is here. I've just seen him in the uh, in the live chat. That's excellent. Hey, Peter, how you doing, man? Um... Right, hold on. I've got to work out how I do how I do this again. I'm still getting used to the uh, to the YouTube community bit. Okay, so now we have five YouTube community members. So big shouts to Calban Chalem, uh, also known as Aid. Uh, got another Aid in my life now. Um, Margaret, uh, I, you're gonna have to correct me. I'm 
I'm positive I'm mispronouncing your name here, Margaret. Margaret Abagai. Uh, Encore une fois, Cycletricity and Christine Cash. Uh, what's up to you all? As I said earlier, do make sure that you send me a DM on Twitter or Instagram and I can send you the invite to the Discord chat because I want to make sure that everyone that's supporting uh, gets access to the same things and that I'm showing that the love is reciprocal, guys. Um, hey to Darren Watkins, who's just jumped in the chat also. Um, so that's it for me tonight. Um, I'll be back next week with a midweek solo show. Um, and uh, then on Friday night, I've got my guest, Josh Hamilton, returning to uh, to the podcast. Um, he's You might know him. He runs a website called The Gist, um, but he also runs a podcast called The Ch I think it's just called Chatter. Um, and anyway, he was on my show a few months ago. We had a really stimulating, interesting chat. And afterwards, I went into the Discord and uh, one of my patrons who's here tonight, Mojo Sabian, he was like, "That there's a guest for you. Like, he knows his stuff. Um, so I'm really looking forward to getting Josh back on next week. Uh, we, we Last time we were talking, we were talking a lot about, like, geopolitics, about the hopelessness, about, like, weirdly, he's a Brexiter, I think, from memory. Um, so I, I don't know. It was a really interesting conversation and I'm, I'm looking forward to, to speaking with him again. Um, I've got a brand new proper punk politics video uh coming out soon that's prepped it's like written and ready to record but honestly i already know it's going to be a real beast to edit so it might take me a week to find the time to do that properly um so yeah um and do you know what like editing editing is a like it's a long thing and also i've got a full-time job guys uh and you can't do both can you sure so that's it from me. Keep it booge. Keep it Binfluencer. And I'm out this mother hubbard.